Today is Wednesday, December 22nd, and that means you're listening to Five Songs or Less, colon, Coheed Decembria, Volume 4, colon, Good Apollo, colon, I'm Burning Star Iv, Volume 2, colon, No World for Tomorrow, colon, Hi Danny. <laughs> hey Dante, I know how you've been doing, but how are you doing now? Um, that involved only the single colon. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, no thing. Things are good. Uh, um, yeah, good, we are. This is a, a Saturday morning record, which is ooh. not the usual for us. You said "ooh" like this is news to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are. Well. <laughs> Oh, Maybe God. there is a delay. Danny was complaining of a delay, and I'm not. I wasn't noticing it, but I don't think there, there is. Okay, I I turned the Wi-Fi off my phone as if that would do anything, but I, I closed <laughs> all my my porn tabs. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, don't want you get distracted again. Well, I'm just pulling them up on my phone. <laughs> oh, right. oh, yeah, it's Saturday morning. It's a little foggy here. Is it, is it snowy there? No, dude. We have not had snow for like six weeks, if not more. Um, it's What the fuck? It's been like 60 and 70 the past week here, and I fucking hate it. Uh, let's see. Right now, it is... Mm. Right now, it's a smooth 31, so it's not warm. But uh, it's going to warm up to the 60s today, and... Okay, next Friday we got some chance of snow, but oh, okay. okay. I'm mad. W- winter is not winter yet, and it it's December. It's, it's Coheed Decembria. Yeah, it's Coheed Decembria. Hey, you know what I just realized? Yeah. Blame uh, Democrats and their their climate conspiracy. <laughs> they Coheed Demo. I don't know. Uh, Coheed <laughs> Democracy is that something? No, that's Ooh. the Guns N' Roses album. Um, <laughs> is there ever any mentions of snow in Coheed? I don't think so. Uh, you would think in the, in like, I don't know, there's like five albums I haven't heard, so maybe, but. That's true. The last five albums might be all winter based. <laughs> but just, you know, like in a saga, you think of like there was fucking snow in Star Wars. That's true. Only on one planet. Boy, there is a delay. Uh, actually, that's not oh, true. Oh, this is going to... There's, gonna... there's... <laughs> See, there's when snow they... on more than one planet in the Star Wars universe. Great, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I swear, like, it, it's, it goes to seeming like there's a delay to not feeling like there's a delay. I don't get it. It is Saturday morning, so it could just be, like, my brain. Maybe, but when th- when there's no delay, we can talk over each other and figure it out. But when we talk over yeah. each other with a delay, uh, for some reason we stop <laughs> to allow room for the other person <laughs> to continue talking. Something we never do normally. No, it's just a uh, battle of will. every time we talk over each other. It's like a game of chicken, just to see who who stops first. Exactly. Yeah, and then we touch dicks. Or wait, what? <laughs> Huh? Huh? 
Speaking of, we will be doing an in-person record in just a couple weeks now. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we by, by the time this is, by the time you lovely listener are listening to this, um, it'll be, mm-hmm. you know, it'll have been recorded. Hi, lovely. Are we talking to either of our significant others? Nope. They don't listen. Mine, especially to the Coheed and Cambria episode. She doesn't know if I can care. My significant other, S-O-S-G-G-F, uh-huh. significant other shoegaze girlfriend, <laughs> um, <laughs> whose name has to change thanks to her Spotify wrapped. Uh, I'll pull that up here in a second. But um, yes. she, uh, this past Wednesday was the first release of Coheed Decembria, and she goes, oh, I have to listen to the to the new episode. And I, th- I think it was a threat, and I... Oh, I yeah. don't believe she did. I'm hoping she didn't. She started following us on Instagram, and she even gave us a little like party emoji on the first uh, episode. Wow! Uh, post, yeah. So, according to her, Dude, I think she likes you. I'm like fifty fifty on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, according to Shoegaze Girlfriend's top five genres, mm-hmm. her new nickname. Well, I'll give the initials first. Okay. <laughs> it is I R S G A C H I P G F, which is Indie Rock Shoegaze Ambient Chill Hop Indie Pop Girlfriend. <laughs> it's, she's got Indie Rock on top because she's listening to so much car seat headrest. You know what? At least she knows better. No, I shouldn't say knows better. Um, she is <laughs> considerate enough when I'm there to not play that so i don't know if she's like been listening to a lot but i haven't heard it yeah i'm not sure what her like top i mean indie rock can encompass a lot so yeah it does does. um i i am surprised that shoegaze is actually number two though because it was kind of more of a i think she latched on to the shoegaze that i mentioned and said Mm -hmm. all right i'll talk about shoegaze with you but only (laughs) only until like we can talk about other things and it wasn't really like that big of a deal for her but maybe Mm -hmm. it is maybe it is ever since she found out she was shoegaze shoegaze girl and then shoegaze girlfriend she started listening to a lot more did she wanted to earn the title when when her and i first started talking and and when you and i first started talking about her for starting to talk. <laughs> uh-huh. Was she just shoegaze girl? Yeah. She was. And then it was shoegaze girlfriend. Yes. That's lovely evolution. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I... Also a lovely delay. I don't normally believe in that. But in this case... <laughs> yeah, man. Big time delay. This uh, sucks shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there, is there anything... Dante, I can... have not seen your Spotify wrapped yet. Are you asking to see it? Did did you do one? Yeah. Whip it out, buddy. All right. Um, yeah, lo, let me give you my my top five here. Um, that's no. I wonder go. if yours is just as skewed because of this podcast as mine was. Yeah, no, it's totally fucked. Um, I don't mm-hmm. get to listen to anything I like. <laughs> Let's see here. At least this month you do. Well, we haven't talked about this episode yet, but okay. So <laughs> my, my top five genres, and I'm kind of embarrassed about the top one, and I wonder how much of it is influenced by uh, the podcast. But so in order, one through yeah. five, it is pop punk, 
post-metal, indie rock, shoe gaze, and electronic mo. Uh, emo. <laughs> that was clever. So I, I would think if we were like remember at the beginning of the pandemic and there was all that shit about, oh look, nature's healing and things are getting back to the way they should be. Uh, if I was able mm-hmm. to do that, I, I believe probably black metal or um, whatever Alcest is would be much higher yeah, on yeah, this yeah. list. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that Black Gaze isn't on there, but I, it's the fault of the podcast for sure. It, totally. I, I almost, it, I wonder if, well, I'd have to pay double, I suppose, but to have different profiles for like the music I want to listen to and then music oh. just for the pod. Yeah. Maybe when we uh, um, start that Patreon. Who, and who are your top artists? My top artist was Mogwai. Weird. I agree. And four of the top five songs was Mogwai. I must have really put a lot of time into building that playlist. Yeah, I guess so. The only... Interesting. So Mogwai was one, three, four, and five. Can you guess what number Mm -hmm. two is? Number two most played track. And here's a hint. Yes, you can. Uh, Oh, um, Flying Whales? No, not Flying Whales. Think back to the first half of this year. What were we talking about non-fucking-stop waiting for something? Oh, oh, Lantlos. Lake Fantasy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we listen to that a lot. We listen to that a lot. He listened to us. He did. Weird. One time. Yeah. Yep. Probably not all the way through. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't do a full episode uh, or a full album breakdown because, you know. Yeah. I I do feel like I, I want to revisit that at some point. Cause yeah, it, it's probably it got, a good idea. It got good reviews. Like, it seemed to be pretty well mm-hmm. liked. And I was like, there's nothing to latch on to here. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I'm going to assume it's a me problem. It's an us problem because I felt the same way. Yeah. Um, Danny, is there anything we can fucking do to solve this delay? One hour later. Hey, Dante. What? Have you ever listened to Coheed and Cambria's The World for Tomorrow? <sighs> no. What if I say no? Can I say no? <laughs> <laughs> you can, but then I'm just going to go through my songs. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I have. I, I, of course, got it like right when it came out in 2007. I, I, because of this song, I discovered, or because of this album, I discovered how much I like, um, newfound glories. At least I'm known for something. Oh, tell this story again. I remember this story. Haven't I said this on the pod before? You did. You did. But this is for our, our, you know, the, the person who listens to this episode. (laughs) Sure. So, um, this, I don't know if this album had come out yet, but they had at least released, a song or two from it. And I was on Coheed's MySpace page, and uh, I believe it would have been The Running Free was mm-hmm. like the single they had uploaded to their MySpace page. And this was back, like I had an iBook at the time. Ooh. Big, big thick motherfucker. And I went to click, or to press the like play button on my keyboard 
not realizing that has nothing to do with MySpace. Like, that's not going to work. <laughs> and for some reason, I don't know why, maybe because at least starts with an A, so it was... I mean, it wouldn't have been the first song in my library. I don't know how this happened. It was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me believe in a higher power. <laughs> Newfound Glories, at least I'm known for something, started playing. And you know what? Let me pull up the beginning of that song because it is not so pop punky at the beginning of this song that I couldn't, that you can't, you know, believe that it's a new Coheed song. Yeah, so the, yeah. I, I hit play thinking I'm listening to new Coheed and this is what I hear. And that that last part is when I started to <laughs> get a little suspicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though I guess you could say Coheed is a guy with a weird high pitched voice. That's true. But I, I that song had been on my library for who knows how long. But I, it's because like a friend let me just rip a ton of yeah. stuff off his hard drive that I never really listened to, and I was like, well, this isn't Coheed, but this song kind of rocks, and. <laughs> And to this day, I really, really like that song. That it's just—it sounded pretty good. I've never, yeah. I've never listened to that one before. It, it's a, it's a good song. And I mean, musically, at least at the beginning, you could that could pass for Coheed for you know until the vocals come in. Yeah, well, the um, the octave run kind of gives it away a little bit, but yeah, you know, yeah, those yeah. new Found Glory guys, not unlike some Forty One, and I think a lot of other pop punk guys really love metal yeah and so yeah, there's yeah. some you know some metal influence bleeding into into their songs here and there and so yeah um my so spoiler alert my favorite song off no world for tomorrow is newfound <laughs> glories at least i'm known for something <laughs> uh at least you have a favorite song um dan i have a question for you yes within the past couple of weeks you've become this like expert on Coheed lore on the saga uh, okay you you said you know more about it than anyone especially any woman um, <laughs> and so I'm curious how everything I know about it I've learned from a woman <laughs> right but once it's filtered through your masculine brain the knowledge becomes <laughs> like more valid sure sure <laughs> um, how has that affected your your listening did that did that change how you listen to No World for Tomorrow? Not No World for Tomorrow because the official like comic and stuff like that hasn't been released yet. Mm -hmm. So she, uh, JJ Metalhead, uh, has a video out of like a, her fan theory of what the story is going to do. Because um, you can only get so much out of the lyrics and then her knowing like everything before that. So you can kind of figure out you know, probably what's going to happen unless there's a M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end. And Coheed and Cambria, Cambria were actually twins the whole Ugh, time. Gross. <laughs> I mean, maybe. A, call back to an earlier episode. That's um, like a, that'd be like an old boy type of twist. Yeah, yeah. I I can say for the earlier albums, it puts a, it puts a little more perspective on the lyrics and 
Like it's it's one of those things. Okay, have you ever gone back and rewatched a mystery science theater episode? And you're older now. You're you're more cultured, maybe, and you get more of the references. Of course, yeah. That they make. It's kind of like that. It's like I'm listening now, and I'm like, oh, now I know what he's talking about. So it's kind of it, it's that kind of feeling. That that's pretty cool. I I can see that. Um, it, it's like when you when you learn a new word. Yeah, yeah. And then like all of a sudden you notice it mm-hmm. like all the time. Like before your brain was just like too stupid for that. So I'm just not even gonna <laughs> doesn't register. But speaking of the mystery science thing, I, I kind of had a, a reverse of that where. Oh boy, this is really embarrassing. <laughs> so in the episode Space Mutiny, mm-hmm. what I don't remember the context, but the line that is spoken by I, one of the robots, I don't remember who, is yeah. um, I think it's Calgon, take me away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I did not know for a very long time what that was referencing. It's it's like was it's it, a cleaning supply. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a cleaning a, thing, right? Yeah, like for dishes or whatever. Anyway, yeah. maybe in like 07, 08, this is where it gets uh-huh. really embarrassing. Okay. Early days of Twitter, and I was on it. John Mayer tweeted, Calgon, take me away. I don't know why. I don't remember if there's anything more to the tweet, but he uh-huh. tweeted that phrase. And I replied to John Mayer <laughs> something along the lines of, cool, you're quoting Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not knowing that was like a reference removed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what a dumb shit. <laughs> but if you, if you don't know, you don't know. But if I thought that was like an original mystery science theater joke, what did I think uh-huh. the fucking joke was? <laughs> they said a Everything funny word. That comes out of their mouth is a joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting sweaty. I, I, I knew it was a reference to a cleaning thing because of oh, Wayne. I think Wayne's World One. Hmm. They Wayne mentions Calgon at, at some point, but yeah, I don't remember. But but yeah, that's how I knew it was a cleaning thing. But I I still didn't know. I guess that was their tagline: "Take me away" or whatever. Was Calgon a character in Space Mutiny? That was the bad guy. That was the the yeah yeah. Hair. It just looked like Matt Pinfield. <laughs> the, <laughs> hey everybody! Um, I have a coheed tattoo on my thigh. Ah. Does he? Yeah. Oh, you didn't want, you got to watch that uh, interview that I sent you. I feel like I'm going to feel very uncomfortable. No, no, it's not uncomfortable. It's, it's interesting. He's a bit awkward. Uh, Claudio is endearing and wonderful the whole time, but just, (laughs) I sent you the screenshot just at one point. He's like, yeah, almost out of nowhere talking about how he has a coheed, uh, dragonfly on the hit the back of one of his thighs and he's like lifting up his leg and pulling up his pant leg so he can show it and you Matt. can like bear, you see like one of the wings <laughs> and claudio's like oh yeah there it is <laughs> <laughs> matt pinfield just like t- 
tears his hamstring trying to show <laughs> like just stand up hey everybody editing danny here i don't know why i said it was on his thigh it was on his calf i just i just don't know anatomy but anyway back to the episode he's a big fan though i didn't know that yeah that's i mean that's very cool yeah it is cool i mean can i can't blame him he's he seems to like the later stuff a lot which you know taste but uh <laughs> right well and i wonder and we'll kind of get into it maybe a little bit in this episode depending on what songs you picked but around this time they start veering into kind of a not completely like hair metal but there's a little bit more of that like guitar showy yeah. guitar and in in, yeah. in my view a little bit corny at times but i i wonder if you know matt penfield being a little bit older if he has you know, a soft spot for that kind of like eighties arena. Possibly. Type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, with, with four, you, we brought up Iron Maiden when we were talking about that. There's also mm-hmm. a lot of Pink Floyd in there too. And, and yeah, he's a Pink Floyd fan. And then on this one, this is the first time Metallica has come up in my notes. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, he, co Coheed, Coheed mentions in that video, uh, Claudio mentions in that video, like where he shows you how to play stuff, sort of, that he said, you know, like a lot of Metallica runs through these veins or something like that. Basically, meaning he fucking likes fast palm mute power chords. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely something that we we get a lot of in in this album and and the the previous album as well. But there was one more thing I was going to. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is the first album without Josh Eppard. Also, I was looking at the Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm about to say what you're going to bring up. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) So the drums were written by Christopher Penny, which my computer er, uh, autocorrected to penis, like tennis, (laughs) but with a P. Which is somehow funnier than if it <laughs> autocorrected to penis. Yeah. <laughs> penis is like a little kid trying to yeah. like say the word. Um, but due to like obligations or contract or whatever to uh, his other band, which I have a 50-50 shot of getting right, it was the Dillinger Escape Plan. Really? Wait, no. What band do you think he was in? I, I have no idea. It's, it was either that or the dismemberment plan, because I, I fucked those bands up. Um, yeah, Dillinger Escape Plan. He was the okay. former drummer and co-founder of math core band Dillinger Escape Plan. So, so okay, that isn't what I was going to talk about, what you're but talking I, about. Well, I haven't, got to the, I haven't gotten to that part yet. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. So he wrote, but he could not record because of either contract or touring or whatever with that other band. Okay. So the drums were recorded by the only other drummer people know besides Travis Barker, Taylor Hawkins, formerly of Alanis Morissette. Interesting. Oh, that's not what you were going to bring up. No, that's not what I was going to bring up. Oh. I was going to bring up the, I think this is the only album with, without Josh. Yeah, he thankfully came back. And I saw I saw them like Chris Penny was their drummer for the No World for Tomorrow shows mm-hmm. I saw. And I mean, for most of the time, it was fine. But like, I just have a soft spot for Josh and wish I could have seen him those four days. And so, I, I said before, I had to watch that really long, boring drum solo. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know this. And because all throughout listening to this album, 
a lot recently, which I have not done before. Uh, I've listened. I don't know if I ever have, have ever listened to this album all the way through before, like last month. Mm-hmm. I was really underwhelmed by the drumming, and to oh, find wow. out it's it's the guy from Dillinger Escape Plan. It's the guy that from Dillinger Escape Plan that wrote it, yeah, but didn't perform it. Now I really want to watch live because I didn't really watch any live footage of these songs. I really want to check out live stuff just to watch him drum there because. Like Dillinger is a fucking insane band with crazy ass drumming and everything on this album is, is fine. I I've, I've written in my notes a couple times, boy, I really miss Josh. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. But now I'm like, cause I didn't know that he came back to the band. This is how like removed I've been from Coheed. Right. Since after album four came out. Or, well, technically album three, but you know what I mean. I had heard they got a new drummer and a new bass player, but I didn't know Josh came back. And so now I'm really excited for these, the next episode when we're going to talk about the later albums because I can listen to the drumming. Yeah. And you're going to see a great music video that features his drumming and his acting. Ooh. It's very good. (laughs) Very good video. But, man, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, we're breaking news. Yeah, there. I, I'm trying to find uh, like the exact quote, but I remember, like, I don't think the rest of the Dillinger Escape Plan wanted Chris to leave. Uh huh. And so when he did, um, I rem- I don't know if it was the singer, it was someone else in the band, was mm-hmm. like, you know, like he, Chris is selling out. He doesn't even like Coheed. Like we all used to make fun of his voice. You know, like as a band and, and shit like that. So I don't know if, if Chris Penny ended up going back to Dillinger Escape Plan or or what, because that's not a band that hmm. I, I really followed. But um, mm-hmm. I do remember there was some band beef for a while. Interesting. Yeah. And that also made me not like Chris. I was like, he was making fun of Claudio. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would... I would much rather listen to Goheed any day. If we're going to do band beef, <laughs> fuck Dillinger Escape Plan. Get, if we're doing band beef, give me a healthy cut of Coheed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we've we've been doing some preamble, but it's been music related. So uh, yeah. that's good. Um, we got to get on our fucking horse, though, because it is. Okay, let's go. You want to go first or me go first? You know what? I'll go first. Okay. Um, so we're going to get into our, our top five songs of this album. And I, I will start by saying this did not go the way I thought it would go. Interesting. Because I remember for a while saying like, no, no, like half of no world is like pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. and anyway, I'll, I'll just okay. say that. Like I was kind of surprised by how my list ended up going. All right, are you ready for my number five? I sure am. Okay. (laughs) It's a gif of John Travolta looking confused in Pulp Fiction. My number five, pass. I'm, I'm confused. I forfeit my fifth place. What? I do not have a number five. 
You because you could only pick four songs that you like off of this album. There is there is only four songs that I can really say I would listen to this. Interesting. I have I I ended up with six. Well, you still only get five. You don't get one of my slides. <laughs> well, I'll pick my number six as your number five. No. <laughs> get your songs out of my list. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, let's... groundbreaking. Big moment on the podcast. I can hear yeah. the gasps from our fan. <laughs> That's just Ben yawning. Where is that guy? Oh. All right, man. What's your number five? All right, my number five. Dash, Radio Bye Bye. Radio Bye Bye. Yeah. So I had another song on at my number five slot for a while. And then I was listening to the full album just to make sure like I didn't pick one of the wrong songs or whatever. And realized this song is actually pretty good and is better than the other song that I had picked. I enjoy it. Wow. Uh, Let's get into the background of how you of how you chose this song. So you, what you did was the songs you liked more. You either put on your list or put higher on your list. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> we are we're just going off the map this episode. Mm-hmm. Unpredictable. Yep. This episode. Previously mentioned, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> He's going to make a cameo pretty soon. Dante, did this song make it to your top four? It is my number three. Number three. My number yeah, man, five, Dante's number three. Radio bye-bye. Radio bye-bye. I, I so badly want to, right after I say radio bye-bye, want to go into the it's good this shit. song is so fun i i really love the the intro guitar and how it kind of stays it it becomes like a simplified version sort of when they when he starts singing it's like a palm muted version but it still has a The other song I had picked is just like palm muting bar, bar chords, and that's fucking boring. So off the list, you piece of shit. Jeez Louise. I think I know I'll what give, it is. I'll give everyone a hint of, of what song that was. Uh, why don't you fly out of here? Ah, uh, The Running Free. <laughs> no. Birdemic. Yes, there you go. Classic Coheed and Cambria song, Birdemic. I, I got to be honest, I, I think the verses are a little kind of, they're fine uh-huh. on this song, but they're like, they're nothing special. 
Um, it, I think the song is about, yeah, that the opening riff is really fun. It's like very mm-hmm. active and bouncy. Um, the chorus is good. And then like the end of the song, I yeah. really like. I feel like a lot of Coheed songs are that, are that way where like verse, chorus, verse, chorus are, are good. They're catchy, yeah. but it's not, nothing amazing happens until your, your bridge and your solo outro and all that shit. Absolutely. Um, I do want to play a bit of the chorus, if that's all right with you. Please, please do it. Good stuff. I, I like how he makes the word radio sound like radiator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Didn't realize that till today when I was uh, reading the lyrics as I was listening. I was like, oh, radio. Radio. Wait, you thought he, you actually did think he was I saying radiator. I actually thought he was saying radiator. Leave it on the radiator. Like, like you, and, you know, you don't have a, you don't have time to turn on the oven or whatever so you leave your grilled cheese on the radiator so it stays warm sure (laughs) and you knew the song title Uh uh-huh uh-huh okay yep (laughs) (laughs) it's it's claudio i don't know what he's saying half the time yeah no that's very true uh what else you got you got any timestamps for this one I, I just got a couple. I, I <clears throat> for being my number three, I only had three timestamps. One is the course. I think that's mandatory. Um, yep. There is a a guitar solo at two forty eight. That's f- and that's fine. It doesn't like make the song, but mm-hmm. when the solo ends at three eleven, that's when the the song kind of really hits for me. So I'm gonna just start at three oh four to okay. go from the end of the solo into the next part. I stopped it there because I I want to go back and just replay that guitar lick that plays twice. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to describe it verbally. I would just like <laughs> mouth it, but I think guitar yeah, yeah. the Claudia's guitar actually explains it better. I don't know. He's yeah. just like climbing up a scale maybe, but yeah, something like it that. sounds great. It does sound great. You know what? You know what's underwhelming of that part though? The, the drum that? fills. Like it, it's dull. Yeah. Well, it's fine. But where's my Josh? Where's Joshy? Which is Mr. weird because if you were to analyze 
Josh and Chris as drummers, you would say Chris is like more technically adept. But yeah, just as often as the case with like really technically proficient musicians, mm-hmm. they choose to be boring or choose to yeah, be uninteresting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just want something interesting to happen there. Uh, and there's at least one other time on here where I'm just like, Josh would have done something a little more less on, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I, I love the acapella part. It's great. And I honestly had never really paid that much attention to the guitar there, but that little lick that you played is pretty sick. Pretty cool. There, I can't remember what song it is off the top of my head, but there was another... Not a similar guitar lick, but kind of it, it, it held a similar place in a song off of four. It had to be one of the last four tracks of that uh-huh. album because yeah. I know it wasn't on Welcome Home, but just this this little like ascending guitar lick that kind of comes in the middle of a phrase so it's not very predictable or obvious yeah, and yeah, just yeah. adds a lot of texture to the song. Uh, um, I do, cool song. The, the guitar solo uh, that you kind of played the end of there, it, it's a yeah, it, it's a fine solo. It doesn't do much anything, but I do like the blend of the solo with the main riff behind it. Every once yes. in a while, they kind of play off of each other, and it and it's pretty nice. I feel like it's mixed pretty well where yeah. the guitar solo isn't so out in the front that it's like gross. Yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure. All right. Are, are, are we ready for my yeah, number four? Number four. My number four, which is a song this time. Spoiler. Okay. Um, wow. And wow. It, it is uh, unfortunately not because I, it, it's unfortunately not on your list. And that's unfortunate because it means we're going to have to talk about more songs. Um, not because I disagree with your opinion, you're entitled to your own opinion, but my number four. Feathers. Yeah, that's my number six. Now I'm sad. Why? Because <laughs> I did. I actually didn't expect you to have this song. You know what? This is a song that definitely grew on me. Mm-hmm. I I will just go ahead and say this is probably your number one. Uh, the Running Free is not on my list. Okay. Feathers and the Running Free to me are kind. They kind of occupy the same space. Absolutely. And yeah. I think I think Feathers. I and I just like Feathers better. I think. Maybe it's a little simpler. It's like maybe a little more poppy. Mm-hmm. And I think that works better than the running freeze. Kind of running free to me is like a it's a lesser, you know, a lesser 10 speed or a lesser crossing the frame because it tries to okay. men mesh the like prog with the pop. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it does it as interestingly. So anyway, but we're not here to talk about why I didn't pick The Running Free. Yeah. Uh, here to talk about why I did pick Feathers. Um, I really, I know, you you know, it's just palm-muted 
bar chords and that's mm-hmm. not mind blowing, but I really like that opening tone. Like it's very like crunchy and it grabs. It's me a right good away. tone. It, it reminds me of journey. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's part of the problem about this era of Coheed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a little too that, arena rock. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to, uh, I'll, I'll get through this pretty quickly here. Um, at 43 seconds, I like the, the lead guitar, like the high notes and the hammer on and pull offs as the phrase resets. I just, mm-hmm. for, they make pop songs interesting. Yes, they do. Coheed does. That is not, not hammer ons. <laughs> <laughs> Would we say hammer ons or hammers on? <laughs> uh, hammer ons. Dis- discuss. Okay. <laughs> It's just little touches that make it more interesting than if it were just palm muted power chords. Yeah. I, I, I like the name drop of Nuo uh, always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also like he, he sings about uh, if the world stops turning or spinning or whatever. And I feel like that's a nod back to, I think one of the, out of the Valerium suite or whatever. I think there's a song in there that talks about if the world stops turning or spinning or whatever. Well, it's actually, so in in 4, like we talked about how a lot of that album was, for better or worse, uh, influenced by the pre-marital strife between mm-hmm. Claudio and his significant other. Um, her name starts with a C. Anyway, so during this time, he was left alone without much to do during the day, and he would watch a lot of daytime television, and he really uh, got enamored with As the World Turns. Really? No. <laughs> you can, Dante, you could have kept that going and I would have believed you the entire time. We don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to play a, a snippet of the uh, the chorus here. And also, okay. uh, I don't know what any of it means. Like the lyrics, I just, I don't know. good big pop rock vocals yep. i like how they they turn that phrase of like coming home for you've been and it like it, it mm-hmm. you ends a phrase and then starts the next one but i i don't know what like back porch baby means um i i'm i will always kind of love that phrase like yeah. it, that yeah. phrase sticks with me because i don't know what it is um and i will never ever admit that i sometimes wonder if it's like about butt stuff <laughs> That's back door, baby. Ah, okay. Why are you winking at me so much? <laughs> All right. They they do another little like soloy thing here. They probably do too much of this in this album, and they kind of they really like their classic rock solo tone mm-hmm. um, on No World for Tomorrow. 
So here's a little taste of that. This is at 307. A little bit of that same tone from uh, like the final cut. Yeah. That we yeah, heard on, on four. But but it's quick and it goes back into a like stripped down version of the chorus. So here is three thirty six, and I really like how when it's like I think it's just like a little electric guitar. Mm-hmm. When he says "such a liar," yes, like yes. that that's that's an earworm. How do you feel about that little did you do did you do into the it's does the job it's fine it's a, it's what a proficient drummer would do it is kind of very studio or um like session drummer right yeah 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 come on chris does he when they play live does he set up with like the big plexiglass in front of him <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he he does wear a, a beanie on his bald head the whole time does he which is fine. <laughs> um, well, last, here's my last note. Uh, 419, this is kind of their big, like, pop rock explosion. to be faded out you can't just stop yeah. it yeah 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 su- super catchy bounce along that to me this is not like at all a skippable track even though i mm-hmm. get it's maybe a little empty calorie but uh yeah i like it cool next next my number four what dante thought was my number one Running free could be interchanged with uh, my number five, depending on my mood. Another like simple palm mute chord intro, but the rhythm of it plus the like electronicness in the in the background makes me think of like Lincoln Park or something like that. See, that's why I thought this would have been your number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the lyrics on the verse of this one, at least the first verse, it it screams musical theater. And I I kind of just want it to happen. I want there to be a ridiculous three-hour Coheed and Cambria Broadway show. Well, you, I mean, we talked briefly about there there is a non-zero chance there would be a movie. Yes, yes. It was a, a I don't Mark, think it's going to happen. Mark Wahlberg. 
Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. So we're going to get some like Peter Berg directed yeah, Amory yeah. Wars saga. <laughs> Yeah, I could just see either, you know, the Broadway, they use, they use those like forehead microphones. That's like just kind of sitting, sitting down there. It looks like a little poop on your, your forehead uh, or like a, <laughs> like a Madonna eighties era microphone or nineties era microphone. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, sorry, I cannot get past little poop on your forehead <laughs> that, which I, I believe is a lyric in feathers. <laughs> And as a kid, uh, I was playing catch with a friend, uh, and I, I okay, like, I already don't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> I reach back to throw the ball, I guess. Uh, and as soon as I reach back like this to throw uh, a bird poop landed on my hand. Wow. And you were like, I'm done. I'm done yeah. with sports. Yeah. I'm done with sports. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Claudio always has really interesting delivery. I like how he changes it up from his whisper voice to his, his high pitched voice to, I don't, he, he's just really good at changing up the way he's delivering his, his lyrics. And uh, here's another example of that. So cool delivery, uh, almost gets into the, the kind of desperation vocals that I like probably the most boring fill on this entire record at, at three (laughs) ten. I'm going to play it again. Yeah. I, before you do, I'll say, I always get excited for that part because I'm like, Oh, here comes like the big, cool halftime drums and they don't deliver. They don't deliver. Give me some halftime drums. Give me a long, interesting fill. Like, it's, it's fine. It's not interesting. It's just fine. Yeah. And. I feel like that's something that like, makes this record not as good as any other Coheed record is the drumming is just yeah. fine. We stand Josh. We do. Josh Stan. Uh, oops, I did not mean to do that. Oh, that was my last time, Sam. Uh, yeah, no Woo. running free. Pretty good. What's your, what's your number? Whatever. We're on three. So my three was radio. Bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. Should I do my number three then? So, I, I guess we should. Yeah. Okay. My number three. Probably the strongest riff on the entire record. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's like other like cool licks and mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. but just as far as like a consistent riff that appears throughout a song. Yeah, yeah, uh, really like it. Again, uh, keeping the that riff going during the verse when he's singing, but palm muting it and just opening it up every once in a while for the is fucking sick. I love it. Dante did No World for Tomorrow off of No World for Tomorrow. Make it on your list for today. <laughs> it did. <gasps> it is my number two. Number two. I am surprised this is not in your top two because I'm really concerned <laughs> about what song, because I know it's not Feathers. Mm-hmm. I So I think I know one of your top two. Okay. The other one really concerns me. <laughs> Because it it is almost certainly a song I think sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. My yeah. My number two and three, just like my four and five, I could flip flop. Again, this record is not one that I'm probably going to come back to. I don't I don't know why I said again because I don't think I've said that, but I've kind of inferred it. I don't think so time. either. <laughs> I don't think this is a record I'm going to come back to. These five songs, though, like, would you... Oh, I'm going to go listen to the title track off No World right now. Maybe, but probably not. Wow. So, it. do you know what this feels like to me? You should have had uh, you should have had an open slot in your list as well, because no, you don't even like your number three song that I, much. No, I, I do like my number three song. I, I don't you know if it would be it one that I would necessarily ever get an urge to play. Every one of these songs... I have, uh, I like, but I also have some serious criticisms of. And on the first three albums, uh, it wasn't until the third album where I had some criticism of the lyrics, but musically, I thought the first three albums are fucking great. But I feel like lyrically and musically here, mainly with the drums musically, but sometimes the guitar, the guitar doesn't do as much interesting stuff as they used to just in general. Although I do really, really like this opening riff. Are you talking about on this album or this song? Uh, this album as compared to okay. the earlier records, uh, guitar doesn't sure. do as much interesting stuff. Um, cause like I'm, I'm in the middle of editing our, uh, Apollo, good Apollo episode. And like going through those timestamps, I'm like, yeah, I don't, there's nothing like this on No World for Tomorrow. And that's my biggest criticism, my biggest biggest hang up with basically 2007 and on Coheed is they just really like simplified and smoothed out their musical style, Mm -hmm. their songwriting Mm -hmm. structures and, and all of that. And it's just... For those of us who got in for the complexity and prog nature of some of it, and that wasn't the only thing we liked, but that was certainly a big part of it, is that's what set them apart, to kind of slowly morph into, like, they kind of devolved into just like a a big arena rock band. Mm -hmm. Little disappointing. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it next week, but I don't know how much that continues on the later albums. Cause I was listening to the playlist last night for the second time, uh, for next week, not this week. Um, and I felt a little better about it. I haven't sat down to like you know, analyze and take notes yet, but I felt better about it. 
than I okay. do about anything okay. on this album. So, I mean, there's certainly like there's there are songs I'm gonna force you to listen to at some point somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're definitely not under the arena rock mm-hmm. banner. Um, but in, just in general, I think like the guitar tone has changed. Mm-hmm. They want to mm-hmm. do more like classic style solos and yeah. stuff like that. But anyway, we're we're getting a little in the weeds now. Let's talk more about this title track. Yes. Um, I so th- this is my number two. I will say when this album came out, this opening riff absolutely blew me away. I like I kind of didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> now in hindsight, it's probably not as wild as I remember it, Mm -hmm. like the first time I heard it. But it was that thing of like, this is in a weird time signature. I don't know how someone can play this and sing at the same time. Um, I don't know how someone can play this and sing at the same time, but also come up with it. it, Yes. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, no, no. Oh, not me. I can easily come up with this. (laughs) Right, 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 right. I really like the like triumphant sounding synthesizer that's in the background of that, the beginning of what I was just playing. And of course the gang vocals, always fun to have some gang vocals. Raise your hand high or whatever the fuck they're saying. Do you, do you think they say bye-bye a few times on this album because it's the last of the like Coheed and Cambria saga or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> I'll take that as a confirmation of yes. That's that's why. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, hard 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 yes for me. <laughs> um, I I just remember also because we're coming we're coming hot off you know welcome home yeah. and then if you go back another album in keeping secrets has the woes at the end and it seems like they're kind of keeping that theme going with the first big mm-hmm. proggy track mm-hmm. having those gang vocals. But in the first chorus, they're not fucking around. Yeah. yeah. It, that seems like something that they would save for like the last chorus to really blow it out. Um, my next uh, timestamp for No World for Tomorrow isn't until 308. Okay. So you got a lot of room to explore. Uh, but you don't have to. You don't feel obligated. Yeah, let's let's go there. Mine is actually 305. So I really You know what? We can, I really want to squeeze in those seconds. Sure. Just like me, just like me on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> I love the vocal delivery on 
But when he says, I'm the growing fly, it's pretty sick. I was going to ask you if you freaked out when you heard him say the crowing. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I know what the crowing is, it like it adds a whole new awesomeness to it for for me. Um, yeah, I really like that part, that little build into, you know, Claudio gets to do like a weird character voice, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is always fun. Um, I feel like the production on the guitars or, or I feel like it could have just felt a little heavier. Yeah, overall. yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's it's lacking some of that. Uh, oh, I'm just going to sound so fucking stupid. It's it's lacking some of that, like warmth in the chug, if that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, it it does hashtag warm chug. <laughs> um, when he he gets to the part where he's saying uh, "mama" or whatever, what does it say? When he says uh, "go mama, go mama," it sounds like Blood Brothers. It's like a Blood Brothers meets terror part because <laughs> all the chuggies. It's pretty cool. I I like that part a lot. It's I feel like it's something we haven't heard from Coheed. That's fair. That's true. And and that's why this song is so high because it is one of the songs that still feels a little more adventurous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. May I play 350? You can because that was what I was about to play. Oh, well. My phone's charged, so I'll just... <laughs> Baby. throwback get doing the throwback back into that riff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. might that probably the most goosebumpy part of that sure. song yeah, for yeah, me yeah definitely i definitely so we talked about how on on good apollo on burning star four volume one from fear through the eyes of madness uh-huh. i i feel bad is it is it fuel for the feeding end or fear through where it goes back to the it's you do not like the song because it says Jesse bad. Oh no, it's um, it's Apollo the writing writer yeah, volume yeah, yeah. whatever chapter nine. Um, yeah, w- when they do the blood red summer part mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, he's doing yeah. it. That's how I felt when I first heard this part. It's like they keep recycling in a way that is not late. It's not. It's way really cool. not. Yeah, it's done very well, pretty much every time. Yes. Last timestamp for me is at 420. Go for it. What do you have? I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Not going to say anything. I'm, I'm fucking over this. Wait, did you play a chorus already? Yeah, I did. You played the first chorus. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I chose that one because <laughs> they don't really change. It's just the I, the chorus with chanting. It's cool. Whatever. Let's move, Let's the move on. Fuck What's on. your number two, Dante? It, that was it. <laughs> Shit. My number two. Maybe I don't know. Maybe a song that Dante's embarrassed about.
other superior. It could be worse. You could have picked a worse song. Is this your number one, Dante? No. This is not my number one. Um, I'm a little surprised that you don't have my number one on your list at all. We'll see. Mother Superior was actually... Of all the songs I did not pick for number five, and there's a lot of them, (laughs) Mother Superior was one where I was like, can I talk myself into this? And ultimately, I was just like, there's... I feel there's a little bit of... Like a common criticism of Foo Fighters is, oh, they're just trying their best to sound like Foo Fighters. And I kind of felt that way about a lot of these songs, especially Mother Superior. Hmm. Like, well, this isn't as good as Light in the Glass. This sound... This is like big time... um, What's like... What's that song? Um, Like... Every rose has its own <laughs> bullshit. It just kind of sounded like that big late 80s, early 90s ballad. Uh-huh. I don't know. It, it did not quite click with okay. me. I don't hate it. But yeah, not on the so list. So it's your number five. So you, so um, you took... You, you know I don't like acoustic guitars. You, do, you don't own one. I don't own one. I did have my dad's for, no, neither for do quite I. a while. Ugh, don't remind me. Yeah. Um... <laughs> This is the best. Uh, it, yeah, I, do, I don't like acoustic guitars, but I really dig the intro riff. I, it, it has like a dark and almost doomy sound to it. Like I could see that intro riff being on like a pallbearer, mournful con- congregation and just getting like stupid, slow, heavy after that. Unfortunately, it does not. <laughs> Let's go to something I, I feel is a bit cringe, but I still... Love you, Claudio. No, they know you're just a boy. So grow up and be a man. Little baby, I'll kick in your... Little baby! <laughs> you do that pretty well, though. I know. And grow up and be a man. Little baby! <laughs> God. Yeah. Claudio, I still love you, no matter what. Okay, so this part is good... Until you read the lyrics. Victims pay the price eventually. The ghost, let's see your life. What does he say at the end? The lyrics are Victims pay the price eventually. The cost, let's see your life. It should be spaced out better, but he blurts it all out in one one breath. Right. So the lyrics themselves are fine, but the way they're presented. So victims pay the price yeah. eventually. The cost, let's see, dot, 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 your life. It'd be nice if he spaced it out a little more. You know, if they're going to hold out that cord like they do when he says your life, why not do it sooner and give a little space after let's see? I don't know. So, well, okay. So this is a very stupid thing to yeah, it is. like have a, um, like a think tank on. Welcome Boy, I can't think of the word think tank. Um, <laughs> Is he is he saying let's see as he's going hmm or is he asking them to show him their life like let hey hey Danny let's see your life no the way it's written because it it's written with a with an ellipsis after let's see so like it's it's like this evil person the the bad guy saying victims pay the price eventually the cost let's see your life. Gotcha. He's he's hamming it up. He's hamming it up. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's not good then. All right, I guess we got to take it off the list. <laughs> uh, where am I? One forty-five is my next timestamp. This might be um, so far my least favorite Coheed episode, and and possibly our worst episode because we're rushing. Uh, I like when it switches from the open chords to the palm muting on the last like measure of that. I feel like it pushes it forward. The payoff isn't as good though. I want to go back to what you said before you played that clip. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think we're doing fun. I think this episode's no, I think fun. fun. I, I think too. we're making our our as salient of points as we are capable of. I'm sorry, of which we are capable. <laughs> And we we've gotten banter. We've talked about the the drumming situation. We've talked ooh, about situation. <laughs> um, yes, uh, whatever that guy's name, Mikey, the situation, Santino <laughs> or whatever is plays drums. Um, cut that. Um, cut like his abs. Am I right? Um, Jim Tan laundry. Um, uh, I'm gonna barf. But no, I think this episode's fine. Calm down. Like, I only had four songs, and we've shared three of them so far, or two of them so far, so that's yeah. why it's been a little quicker. Danny's upset. I'm upset. This is, I am Danny's, livid. Danny's like when you have angry dad in the car, and you're like, all right, I guess we're just like not going to like talk or enjoy <laughs> this vacation. All right. Last timestamp. Here's the build that comes that it's it's pretty good. The, from this part on in the song is pretty good, but I don't want to just play the whole thing. The build is is nice, and it finally lead it finally gives you the payoff there, where it leads into that those you know open sounding chords and stuff, referencing a, the rabbit again. I don't know what the the rabbit is, but and it's cool. I I I like the kind of the rhythm of the guitar and the little palm muted backing lick or whatever that's happening there. It's pretty. I know. I know. I'm saying a lot of stuff that is like, "Oh, this is fine. This is okay," or whatever. But that's kind of how I feel about the album. But I, f I do like this song. However, I like one more song more than that. One. Oh, wait a minute. That was your number two. That was my number two. Oh, okay. Okay, so we may still have the same number one. It's possible. Okay. I feel like I it's likely, but we'll see. All right. God, I fucking hope so. Ooh, we can be out of here by 45. Mama. Fingers crossed. Um, but I, I just want to say, I do like that last part when he starts singing Mother Superior, blah, yeah. blah, blah, yeah, 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 yeah. your rabbit. Like, th that part is good. It's kind of the best part of the song. Um, yeah, I just don't necessarily want to go on the journey to get there sometimes. Okay. Sure. Um, Crossing my fingers. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> 
All right, here's a spoiler. There's another rabbit reference in this song. My number one. I guess we're going to play that in a round. <laughs> I was trying to, to show you that I have the same number one. Woo! We are still the same Coheed fan at heart. Yep. yep. Number one, ironically, the end complete. Mm-hmm. The closest they get to anything off of their earliest records. The end complete, the, the penultimate track mm-hmm. on this album uh, much prefer their melodic palm muting over the like cheesy shred stuff. I'm mm-hmm. so glad, Danny, you didn't pick like what is it like Gaslight and Gunslingers or oh, whatever fuck. that song's called. Come on, I I got really scared. That song sucks shit. The Hound of Blood and Rank. Yeah, that I don't, song I, fucking blows too. I, feel I hate like this that, band. <laughs> Even in uh, even in that song title, it seems like they were trying to do ten speed. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. What what other songs suck shit on this album? <laughs> the intro song is fine. It's a you know short little intro. Oh, I'm I'm bummed yeah. we don't get the theme song on this one. The dun na 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 na. My my first timestamp is at fifty. Okay, I got forty eight. Toy, hit it. I, I really love the vocal delivery of of dig deeper dig deeper I really like that I really like the noodly guitar uh, boy do I miss Josh <laughs> yeah it's very sparse and do 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 it's like he didn't want to get in the way it's like what I would do if Coheed was like hey sit in I'd be like I'm gonna touch three things max I I also like that noodly guitar. Yeah, because I will say that the the chorus comes in a little corny. Like I like it, uh-huh. I like it. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like it slows down. It kind of gets big. Oh, the, a song we didn't talk about was uh, "The Road and the Damned." Uh huh. Um, which is I think the song right before this. I don't remember the the like sweet on this record is. I don't know. It's no, oh, no. It's right after this. The road and the damned is right after this. So I was, I was wrong to call this the penultimate track. This is the third from the end. The I road and the damned. Penultimate. Nope. It's, it's this. Then the road and the damned, and then on the brink. Oh, whoops. Yep. And that is like a. So the road and the damned wasn't even written for this album. Oh, really? It was. It was written for. I believe the first Transformers movie. I don't know if they were already on a sequel at that point, huh. but so that's why that song, 
I mean, not that it's so different from other tracks on this album, but that song is like so bad. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's the cheesiest song they maybe have ever written, or at least that I've heard from them. Okay. But anyway, so, but that noodley guitar you're talking about, that comes back later in mm-hmm. a very cool way. Yes. And so it sets that up, uh, which I love. Yeah. Gonna pause right there just to say, I know, I don't worry, I, I, it's gonna, it's gonna come back every time. Like clockwork, these longer Coheed songs, right after the two-minute mark, they get really fucking interesting. Yep, yep. It's just like we were saying earlier. We've we've got a verse, chorus, and verse, chorus that are good, and then right around there, it fucking shoots off into awesome land. Uh, which is how Han and Lhasa came to be. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is we're we're now going to listen to the part that Danny is again probably going to shoot off into Awesome Land because we get back to his favorite character, his favorite Coheed song. Here we go. You get your crowing, you get another badass riff, you get crazy Claudio voice. What more do you want? That that's the riff that that makes me think of Metallica. Oh, sure, absolutely. But then right after that, if you keep playing, you get a little uh, little taste of Jonathan Davis voice. That background voice. That like, it makes me think of Jonathan Davis. Also, I was listening to this uh, just on my phone speakers or whatever in, in the office here with the door open one day. And Amanda was like, are you listening to the Satan music? Uh, no. <laughs> Satan music. I said always. Because he actually does talk about Satan during that part. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't know. Um. <laughs> Since you mentioned, since you mentioned corn, I will say that some of the banter we were not able to get to Uh this episode because of our time restrictions. I gave a once through to the new Limp Biscuit album. Wow, is it going to be a once through? We will discuss that next time when five songs are less. Should I give it a once through too? If you want, it is called Limp Biscuit. Still sucks. I'm I'm sure I could find it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I wanted to say the album title because okay. we can talk about the music, but as far as an album title goes, not bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't have anything again until 4.08, just, and I just want to dip my toe into that area. Yeah, mine's not till 5.26, so. Oh, that's exactly my next one. <laughs> wow. All right, here's here's 408, just some classic rock guitar again. Mm-hmm. 
You get it. Yeah. Yeah. You got Claudio wow. like on a riser that's that's like moving up and there's smoke all around him and his hair is flying. Yep. Yep. I get it. I do like that when they indulge in that kind of guitar, they do have like a pretty good hearty chug mm-hmm. going on behind to yeah, yeah. give it a little bit of a foundation. Yep. Okay, so here's 526. This is a part that absolutely could have been in Fuel for the Feeding End. And then the song kind of dissolves and fades out from there. I, you know, uh, if we can invent a time machine, I have some pretty good ideas for what they should have done there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I agree. It's not like this big finish that they could have done. It's to set up the transition into the next song. Yeah, but I, the, I think. the next two songs don't need to be there. So that's also true. <laughs> um, is that your last timestamp for this song? Um. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I love that like the palm muted chuggy brr part or whatever uh, with the woos. Uh, mm-hmm. I love bringing that riff back in. I just, I wish it didn't kind of just kind of like fall off all of a sudden. Yeah. I would have loved for it to go into that riff where the drums kind of uh, go away for a second. And it's just doing that riff. Chris, get out of here. <laughs> and then it just gets huge again. And there's another cool classic rock solo or something like that, that kind of fades out. And then they get into the slow part, uh, the like creepy lullaby sounding thing that's at the end, because I like that. I like the part at the end and I like that they reference the rabbit again, whatever that is. But I just feel like the transition between the two farts, two farts, (laughs) two farts beat as one. (laughs) The transition between the two parts is too abrupt and I I don't know. It needs something else. I agree. I wish they would have done more with that. Uh, I I will play the, the end. I do like the, the rabbit reference. Yeah. It's a good part. Very pretty. Yeah. Very good. Um, I let's see if I can pull this up in a timely manner. This is akin to I'm going to mute myself really quick but this is okay. I'm going to try to pull up what I think they 
essentially should have done with the end of that song. Okay. I can still hear you. I bet your FaceTime is set up differently. Yeah. Uh, well, they milk this for like two minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it rocks. Um, and they could have done something similar with the end of the end complete. Yeah, absolutely. It There's so much more they could have done at the end of this song. I wish they would have, but it doesn't take away from this being the best song on this album. Correct. Okay. Well, that is the end of our final full album episode mm-hmm. of Coheed Decembria. Uh, this has been five songs or less, colon, Coheed Decembria, volume four, colon, good Apollo, colon, I'm Burning Star, four, comma, volume two, colon, no world for tomorrow, comma, meh. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, we will be doing just a a smattering of later era Coheed tracks as voted on by not you, the fan, but by strangers who will never listen. Yep. Um, And we will see if uh, that's enjoyable. (laughs) We will see. Thanks for listening, everybody. And Danny. I dropped my mouse. (laughs) Uh, Rabbit. Call it your rabbit. Make it like Coheed. Rabbit. Rabbit, run. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yay. Everyone. Goodbye. It's almost Dante's birthday. Bye. Chris, Chris Penny, it's Claudio. How's it going, man? Oh, hey, it's going, it's going okay. Oh, great. That sounds awesome. That sounds great. Hey, you know, uh, now that we're done touring uh, No World for Tomorrow, I think, I think we're uh-huh. going to start uh-huh. writing our next record. Oh, um, cool. Sick. Do you, do you think you might be able to show up to the studio this time? Oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I could fit it in with my Dillinger schedule. Plus, I got to get down to Miami to buy, to buy myself a new beanie for my head. Ba- okay, maybe. Okay, well, well, let's at least let's at least get started on uh, some riffs. Um, why don't you just show me some examples of some some uh, some drum parts you've been working on? Okay, tight, tight. Okay, how about how about this one? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's really gonna work out for us. Um, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? Hmm, you have anything else? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh. Oh. Mm. Uh. Hey, hey, Chris. You know what? I, th- I think we're just <laughs> gonna. So funny. I, I, I think we're gonna get Matt Pinfield to drum. <laughs> okay. Let's okay. tell the Dillinger guys about uh, that. Yeah, yeah. You go back to Dillinger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> whatever you were in. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'll see you later, man. I'll see you later. Okay, man. See ya.